Yo, what is up, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to the Big Four Podcast. My name is Luke Springer with the usual Brian, Nick, and Andrew. How are you guys doing tonight? I'm good. How are you? I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm okay. I'm fine. Fine. Nick, how are you? I'm good. 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 Well, we're a couple days away from opening day. Yeah, we have a lot away from the masters. We have. It's gonna be a great week of stuff to talk about. We have loads of stuff to talk about. The NBA buyout market is pretty much finished. I mean. I don't know if Otto Porter is on the team yet, but I mean he's he's, like, name he's on likely. he's on Orlando right now. He is on Orlando. Okay, he played. He Still. missed a game-winning shot last night. It shouldn't have. Nice. It shouldn't even nice. had a chance at a game-winning shot, but he did. All right, oh, yeah. NBA <laughs> buyout market to Orlando. <laughs> um, like Brian said, the MLB season <laughs> is coming up on April first. Nick, I didn't appreciate that, but first, we will start with the <laughs> hottest sport. In sports, I guess, if you want to say the tournament. And in my in my opinion, my honest opinion, the Sweet 16, kind of a drag. I'm not going to lie. It was kind of it was kind of not fun to watch. There were three. There were three good games. The UCLA Alabama game, which, again, overtime was very underwhelming because UCLA just I mean, not underwhelming because I like they won, but they kind of ran Alabama out the gym. Um, Oregon State Loyola that was kind of handled by Oregon State pretty much, but it was a close game. Um, the best game was the Arkansas Oral Roberts game by far, and then everything else was just blowout city. Like there was no competition, nothing worth watching really. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I guess you could also say um, Villanova against Baylor up until like the last yeah. four minutes because was well, like, so Villanova yeah. had the lead for the for the well not the majority, but they had a lead. Um, in the second half, and then Baylor. I mean, they they, they were up seven and a half. Run. They were up seven yeah. and a half. Yeah, they just go on a crazy run, and then they, I mean, they end you up get winning the alert by with 11, four minutes. So. You get the alert with four minutes left that Baylor's leading uh, Nova seventy-five seventy or something. You should tune in. I'm like, oh, okay. And then I, mean, I get the final, final score. score Baylor won by 60, a freaking gaggle. It was sixty-two to fifty-one finals. Yeah. I don't think you could have got that. Oh, I got a five-point score. A five-point game. Oh, what yeah. I went so. on a run in the game. It was it was a fun game to watch because I mean Villanova really had a chance, but I mean Baylor just ran away with it. Yeah, that's pretty much what it was. Um, and their Baylor's best players didn't even play well. I mean Butler only had nine, and Macy Oteague only had five. But then on the other side, Robin Cernero only had eight. I'm just looking at the box score now because I didn't know the exact numbers. But yeah, Villanova. That's kind of hard, especially, and we said all year long that their best player is out. I didn't expect them to even make it past the first game, but, I mean, they did, and they got to play. uh, Did they play North Texas, right? They played. Yeah. Yeah, so North Texas. So they kind of had an an easy-ish road to the Sweet 16, um, ran into Baylor. Then the other games, Houston handled Syracuse. Their defense was just too overwhelming. Gonzaga's Gonzaga. Michigan played really well. And then USC surprise. I mean, I wouldn't say surprisingly, but I felt like that. I felt like that was going to be the best game of the Sweet 16. But that turned out to not really be a contest, especially at halftime when USC had what was it? Something like a, a 15 point lead at half. That really wasn't anything. Yeah. Um, and then they kept stretching it early into the second. Yeah, half. they did. Um, but then the U- Nick, the UCLA Bruins, they're in the Elite Eight. Um, yes, they I are. mean. They kind of have, have to play that. Michigan tomorrow, but they played really well against an Alabama team. Again, we we were texting the entire time. It really, really helped that 
Tiger Campbell was able to draw those two early chart like for first 41 seconds. Their best player, Herb Jones, was not available to play. I mean, he was available to play, but uh, Nate Oates took him out because he had two really quick fouls, uh, courtesy of Tiger's uh, charges. And then he had another one on forget who uh, who he drew it on. But he had three offensive fouls um, drawn in the first like five minutes or so and the, and two on the same player. So, and he, and Herb Jones only had eight. So that kind of helped them. And then UCLA also uh, caught a break on a, a 25% night from three from Alabama, but overall UCLA played well. Nick, did yeah. you like their performance? Absolutely. Yeah. I think they deserve a lot of credit for this win. You know, McCrone drew up a great offensive game plan. They attacked, they were running their, rotations well and when they didn't do it they just kicked it to Juzang for a one-on-one which is what they've been doing all season um big the big performance of the day for UCLA it wasn't Hawkes it wasn't Juzang it wasn't Tiger it was uh David Singleton um homeboy put up 15 points in 20 minutes he knocked down three or four from three Four or five from field, from field goal. Had that clutch and one down the stretch in overtime. Four or five from the stripe. Had the two free throws that actually were the, kind of the reason they didn't lose in regulation because he put down those – he knocked down those two free throws to go up by a full three-point possession um, with just a few seconds left before Bama knocked down the game-tying three in regulation. But Singleton, hats off to him. Uh, he just played fantastic all around. That was the big difference maker. That's what they needed because they didn't go to many guys. They – ETN played a little bit uh, against uh, <laughs> against Michigan State before he started talking trash to Bingham, and then asked for a post, got swatted, grabbed his rebound, then got swatted into the fifth row. So that was the end of uh, Mac ETN. Other guys included, you know, Nuaba. He played one minute to last night. So they kind of they went to a six seven man rotation. Clark played a couple of minutes. Kyman didn't really play well last game, even though I think he. Sh- he should have played a little bit more this game, but they only went to a seven-man rotation in overtime. They only played seven guys, really, 20 minutes or more. Clark played 19, but I count that as 20. And especially when Hawk, when Juzang fouled out, Singleton came in clutch. So he had the big performance that really lifted the Bruins over the Crimson Tide in this one. Um, I think that the biggest um, uh, factor for the UCLA victory was the let me check to make sure that's actually right the 44 percent from the from the uh free throw line by alabama 26 yeah that was terrible that That is absolutely terrible and they forced overtime well it was i mean that is very impressive who was the jabroni that went two of seven jones the lefty was it herb jones yeah herb Herb, jones he's lefty that 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 jamoke just shut haze at the free throw line shaquille o'neal Two of seven, brick two free throws down the stretch. That would eventually, that would put Alabama up and down the. I mean, that dude is just an absolute. I mean, he's just throwing bullets at the back iron. Then he proceeds to foul out. Then he proceeds to foul out. I'm saying, okay, well, Herb Jones is out of the game. So John Juzang and Herb Jones is out of the game. So did he ever? I don't think he ever fouled out. Did he? He did. He absolutely did. Yes, he did. Herb Jones. He had. Oh, he only had three fouls. So Ellis, Ellis the guy, Ellis and Gary. My bad. My B. Yeah, I didn't think Herb Jones fouled out. Well, well, we talked. We talked about this. The uh, non UCLA should have fouled before they. They should have. That's absolutely ridiculous. They should have. Frank, I, I watched for some, the, It was. I was actually kind of deja vu because earlier I watched a. I for, I don't know why it was so random, but I watched a Roy Williams post game interview from like two years ago when they played Miami, and he said basically he always fouls up three, uh, to, you know 
uh, I, I wouldn't say secure the win, but it makes it a lot easier to win when you foul, ha- force them to go to the free throw line. Um, the, there was a timeout. His guy had one free throw. He was kind of talking him up to uh, get him excited and, and try to get in his head to make the free throw. And he completely forgot his team to, to foul. So he makes the free throw, goes up three. Miami comes down, hits a three to tie, and then they lose in overtime. So, I mean, yeah. it, it, it was fortunate enough for UCLA that they dominated in overtime, but they should have fouled there, especially yeah, right. if it for sure. if it's a, if it's half court, don't foul because that's an easy way where an Alabama uh, player can catch and shoot uh, really quick and, and anticipate that foul. But if it's full court and they're just dribbling, no no ref is going to call a, a foul on a half court heave with six seconds left. Like yeah. that's not going to happen. Here's what so, I think happened that. So I think um, Mick probably told him to foul. And then he said they were going full court and he didn't want to just foul right away, burn half a second off the clock. Assume they make, assume it's Quinterly at the line. He knocks them both down. We also have then to they, look at the then they free get, throws for Alabama. It was, yeah. It was the first off they were going, they were from the free throw line. And also you could see, um, I think it was Campbell on UC. He, he, I could see his lips say no foul. So that, well, I think that was a game plan from the, from the get go. I didn't, I didn't see that, but if he, if he said no foul, then, then I take your word. I take your word. You saw, he said no foul then. So regardless, if I'm, if I'm the coach, let's just play it from Nick Park is the coach of UCLA, which will never happen in the history world. I don't, I'm not a basketball coach, but. I'd say you, I don't, 11 seed UCLA, want, you're up three. You don't want to try to make a big upset here. Four, was it four, three, six, four, how many seconds left? Like less than six, I, I think. Yeah, I don't remember the It was somewhere time. in that six of, six to four area interval. I And they're going full court, play them half court press, let them bring the ball up, burn a couple more seconds, and then you kind of let them get the half court and foul. I think it was also poor execution by Riley. I wouldn't have a single soul standing inside the arc, and they they had three guys standing inside the three-point line. It was Riley, Marquez, and... Uh, I want to well, yeah, that's the other thing. thing. That's the other thing, thing when it's half... inside the arc, when it, when, it, a, when a three-point wins ties the game. When it's half court, you just have to have one guy at the top of the key, two guys on the wings, and two guys on the corners. You don't even have to guard the paint. If they want to lob with with uh whoever the big man is or whatever and and get two points with half a second like sure why not just get it we'll make two well yeah we'll make two more free throws um but that wasn't the case like they they had to go full court i just think again it worked out in their favor they they had a nice um uh, a nice overtime period um with 23 points which is ridiculous especially against a defense like alabama's um, and without Juzang, that I think was the most impressive thing. Their overtime scoring that many points against a really good defense without their best player. That was really yes. impressive. I agree. I agree fully. And just, to, I want to touch upon that, but I want to go back to the foul thing. Um, I think the last thing UCLA wanted to get into is a situation where they foul early, which they should have, but, they foul early, and assuming it's probably Quinterly knocks them both down, it's a one-point game. They get fouled now. Did two clutch free throws at the line to ice the game. I don't know if they can do that again. Hawkeyes knocked them both down, or Singletary knocked them both down. Props to him; he's a great. He's he's one of the better three. I didn't I didn't see. I don't think he's that good of a free throw shooter. Um, but other than that, Ju Zhang's their guy. I don't think he wanted to get into a. Ju Zhang shoots ninety-one percent from the stripe. 
if he was in the game, absolutely. Oh, yeah, yeah. I thought if, you were talking about Hawkes. Hawkes is like no, 64 Hawkes is 68 or something like or that. Something. Yeah, he's he's terrible. But Ju Zhang is 91%. So if they're if Ju Zhang's on the floor, I, I'd say you foul and you just make it a, a match at the line. Make Ju Zhang miss. And without Ju Zhang, they don't have. I don't think they had a single guy over 70% from the over 80% for the year on the floor. So mm-hmm. they don't want to get in a position where they have to hit two free throws in a short span where there's still time left for a full court. A, a full of still time for a full court heave and a shot, if you will, a, a, a trip, a trip across the court and a three pointer. There's mm-hmm. still time for that. They don't want to get in a situation where they have to hit two free throws just to make it a three point game again. Um, also, on a separate note, what if he misses? Are we talking about not fouling? Are we talking this idea about not fouling? It was. I don't think it was. It's a tough shot in tra- transition. It's a low percentage shot. You don't expect him to make it. Obviously, they should have fouled, but. If he misses, we're not talking about this. If he makes it, which he did, now we're talking about it. So I feel like this happens a lot more than we expect. But when he finally makes it, then we got to talk about it. That's just my that's just my take. Going back to overtime, what I was what I wanted to get back to, I said I would get back to it. Don't talk about overtime. They were really impressive down the stretch in overtime. I didn't think they had an in them. They did a really good I job. It was over. Of, it was the game was tied when Juzang fouled out. I forget what, what the number was, but it was tied when Juzang fouled out. And they did a really good job of matching Alabama. For the, I, they matched Alabama's score for the remainder of regulation, whether Alabama won on a three, which they did, tied it on a three, but they still matched the score-wise to end regulation without Juzang, which is really impressive. And then they went and did it in overtime and kicked their butt in overtime. So that's just hats off to UCLA for really just kind of I – didn't, I was, the second I hit the three, I was sitting there on my couch. I'm like, it's over. They can't compete in overtime. They can't. This can't do it. Not and especially to have no momentum after that shot whatsoever. And they did. They went on a, a good run of they start. More than that did. Was what they needed. Yeah, they more than did. Oh yeah. Uh, but I, I said it in in Alabama, especially in that overtime period, they relied way too much on the three pointer, especially with them not shooting it well all night. Um, I felt like they needed to drive the ball a little bit more. Um, I think Quinterly was doing a good job of getting to the basket. He didn't do it enough. I mean, he had twenty points, but. If anyone, if everyone else got to the basket like he did, they wouldn't have lost that game. Um, That's why so, they're two seed. They, they, they're nine, or they're six. They have now have they now finished season with seven losses, but their six losses going in are nights where they just didn't find it from three. Yeah, so they exactly. rely on that. They yeah. say, All right, you we said that chance. right. They, you said they got that a better before the tournament started, Luke. Yeah, they're over a uh, little, gotta, just a little under. Like I think it's like forty-seven percent of their shots come from three, which is. A ridiculous amount. That's um, so if, they if get a, have... they lose when they don't, they don't they lose when they don't shoot it well, and they win when they do shoot it well. Exactly. And they've won a lot more than they've lost, so they're banking on a better, better, better chance than not. They're gonna they're gonna beat UCLA by shooting the three, and they mm-hmm. they game plan for that because percentage wise, very difficult to guard the three overall. Yep. It's very just it's a three point shot. <laughs> you can shoot it from a mile. It's just Paul George said it when he hit when Dame Dollar hit the three over. Did the three over him. It's just not a good shot. It wasn't a good shot. He made it, but it's just it's not a high percentage shot. For mm-hmm. it, it's different. We're talking about a completely different, you know, area of difficulty. But Damian Lillard could handle that kind of shot. Now, at college players, they're probably not going to take that shot often. That kind of deep three. So as a as a defense in college in college basketball, you're not. If they beat you shooting the three, they beat you shooting the three. Because you're not going to guard them that far past the arc. If they beat you by hitting the three, they beat you by hitting the three, and you got to deal with it. 
right? There is no, there's, there's a very short, small spectrum on defense on the perimeter, defending the three pointer specifically. Cause if he gets a shot off, it's fair game. That's it. If he gets a shot off, then whatever happens, happens. If he makes it great. If he misses, he misses. You can contest it as best as you want, but the shot still has a percent chance of going in the percent chance of just catching a team on a hot UCLA, Alabama, sorry, Alabama was banking on catching UCLA on a night where Alabama was hitting the three well, and they just did not. And that's the reason UCLA won. That's what UCLA needed. That's what Mick Cronin said on, on SVP uh, a few nights before the game. He said, we just got to hope Alabama just doesn't shoot it, hop, shoot it well from three. And mm-hmm. that's exactly what happened. Wow. Oregon State came back. Yeah, I know. I'm looking. Yeah, you I'm just watching right that. now. But then he just banked in a three from East Bum. <laughs> oh, I'm watching it on my computer, so it's probably yeah, delayed. It's a three-point game. It's kind of crazy. Um, I just threw up a prayer from at the shot clock a little. Oh, we didn't get it. I don't know. Forget it. But I'm just looking. Like, oh, Jero. Oh, he went, made went, that. Went like what? This. That's ridiculous. Shot clock, and he banked it. They're reviewing it right um, now. It's currently six, but it's probably gonna that's be ridiculous. I just saw that. Um. Yeah. Anyways, UCLA against Michigan. I mean, tough task, but who knows? It's March. I don't think they'll win, but who knows? Uh, the there were two other games: the Arkansas Oral Roberts game. Now, this was a heartbreaker because Oral <sighs> Roberts was up seven to eight points pretty much the entire game up until I don't know the four minute mark left in the second half. Um, where Arkansas kind of really turned it on, and it looked <laughs> it looked a lot like the Celtics out there, honestly. Uh, Oral Roberts with Acemas and O'Banner, and no one else, and that kind of looks like the Celtics at times. I don't want to draw comparisons, but I mean that's kind of what it looked like. But yeah, it's it, it was it was tough to watch. Good, um, good look at the end for ace miss um that's a, usually a shot that he can he can make um there wasn't really a, a big contest um in my opinion it would have been risky to do this but i would have looked into trying to get that speed dribble by him and get a timeout over the time over the half court line so you can set up a, a different play to potentially um get a few more dribbles um a nice catch and shoot off of a screen or something like that but you always run the risk of, of not being able to get it across half court or not trying to try or not being able to get it in bounds and having to burn that timeout. So I don't know. Uh, in my opinion, I would have tried to do that, but what, what they did was fine. They got a good shot off. Um, it, it just sucks, especially a game like that where, where you're up pretty much the entire game and then you lose in the last four minutes. Um, but I mean, no 15 seed has ever made it to the, Elite eight, and that could have been the first time that didn't happen. Unfortunately, you know, Arkansas plays Baylor. Yes, Baylor tonight. Yeah. Um, I mean, oh. so, I mean, I, I texted this to, um, heard this right after the game ended. It's pretty impressive. Tenth game this year for Arkansas where they came back for more than 10 points or more to win. Yeah. Um, I think that's a real big help when it comes to the tournament. It clearly helped then. Um, they just have that spark that's going when so I mean, obviously it's a real tough test. It's it's gonna be tough, like obviously. But who knows? If they maybe if they keep it close to five to six points until the last about four minutes, maybe they can come through and win the game. Here's the thing about Arkansas, in my opinion, though. The fact that they've been down by ten or more against a fourteen seed and a fifteen seed. Yeah. 
in two sets. Yeah, I mean, games I'm, I'm saying is, I'm is very unimpressive because you get a team like Baylor, and we I'm saw not saying them it's la- going to happen. We saw them last game against Villanova, completely just tear it down in the last couple of minutes of the game and just put them in the put them in the fridge, completely just close up that game to an elite level. That if they go up on Arkansas, I don't think Arkansas is coming back. If they go up with Arkansas with a few with a couple minutes left, five six minutes, Arkansas can come back against Texas Tech. They can come back against fifteen seed Oral Roberts. They can come back against a fourteen seed Colgate. But I don't think they're coming back against one seed Baylor. I'm sorry. I, I think I'm, I'm Andrew, totally I agree in agreement with what you're with saying. You. No, but I'm I in agree agreement with what you're with... saying. I think Baylor should be a little wary down the stretch that this is a Razorback team that can put together a run and they can come back and they can win games and they've done it. They've shown it time and again, doubled it. You said over 10 times this year, they've done it or something, some crazy number like that times. It was their 10th time. Oh, 10th time. So, I mean, uh, I'm, I'm with you just saying that there's a chance. Yep. There's a chance. There's a chance for everything. Um, and we know better than the four of us know better than a lot of our podcast comes down to us saying hypotheticals and hope there's a chance. So there's absolutely a chance that Arkansas can take down Baylor. Absolutely a chance. But the fact that it's Baylor and the fact that Arkansas had a shaky win against a 14 seed, then a shaky win against Texas Tech, which in a game should have gone to overtime. Shannon or uh, Shannon should have whatever his name is, should have made that layup. Ter- that, TJ that Shannon, little, Terrence Shannon. That little bunny layup to tie yeah. the game. He should have made that. Arkansas snuck away with one there. They snuck away with Colgate because Colgate's a 14 seed, and they snuck away against Oral Roberts. By the way, Ace Miss could have made that three to put to put the game away to clinch that win, but he missed. But they came down the stretch with 15 seed Oral Roberts. So when you tell me that they're going to have a shaky win against a 14 seed and a shaky win against a 6 seed, which they should have lost, and a shaky, seed, shaky win against a 15 seed, which they should have lost, and then they're going to beat a 1 seed? No, no, no. Sorry. I just... I'm taking the Bears to the Final Four. I think this is yeah, for sure. unanimous. Go one. Beavers. Yeah, go, go Beavers. Beavers honestly, yeah, Thompson I'll, the stripe I'll, to make it a two-point game. Yeah, the last game though of the Sweet Sixteen was that was kind of good. Was I mean game. it was that was these Beavers against Loyola Chicago, yes, and sir. I did not see this at all. I did not see this. I thought Loyola Chicago played a really good game, obviously against Illinois because they freaking won. Um, but I thought they were gonna run to the uh, I, I was going to the elite eight not the final four I feel like they would have had a tough time against Houston but they played a really good game against Illinois and they just couldn't hit shots in, yep. in this game against Oregon right. State and they kind of really couldn't either against Illinois they just lucked out that Illinois also couldn't hit shots Oregon State hit some tough shots um, who's that kid Lucas had a tough uh, fadeaway three on the right on the right wing um, late in the game, that was that was a good shot. Um, but in Loyola, just couldn't make open threes. I mean, I, I, it was like something like, I think it was, uh, Crutwig had something like fifteen in the first half, and the rest of the team was one for eighteen in the first half. Like right. something ridiculous. Crutwig was like, three of five. The rest of the team was one of eighteen. They yeah, they were not. Shots made in the he first was. Half. They they were not getting any help. Um, they were not helping themselves out. They played a fine defensive game, which they always do because they are probably if not one of they are the best defensive they team. They are the highest and, ranked defensive team. In the yeah, highest mm-hmm. ranked defensive team. Um so that, that was just a tough Oregon game. Oregon State I mean, doesn't know what a rebound is. Jeez Louise. 
Yeah, they... shooting thirty three percent from the field doesn't really that is, result. That's in, not good. It doesn't result in a W there. No. And so now Oregon State is in the Elite Eight with two minutes left, down by right. four. No, I Hopefully think they can squeak someone, something out here. Someone tell me right now if they feel the same as I did. They, you guys probably don't. And this is going to sound a little, little weird. I only really, and this is, has no, this has a, a direct correlation from 2018, but I, I did not feel comfortable picking Loyola Chicago to win <laughs> as the favorites. I just... They're an underdog team, in my opinion. And it's, I didn't. Not, this is has this has this is a terrible take. This has this has everything to do with 2018. This has everything to do with their win against Illinois. But I feel like they just have an underdog mentality, and I don't think they play well when they're favored to win. When there's nothing, when there's no pressure put on them, when there's no odds to beat, and there's no real, there's no uh, what's the word? Uh, there's there's a a large room for error. Oh. Or sorry, when there's no margin forever, I don't think they oh play well. God. When they're when they're when they don't have any odds to beat, I don't. It's just don't. when they it's just when they don't have pressure to win. Exactly. They're, like they Illinois, have, Illinois had pressure. Loyal Chicago, they're an eight seed playing a one. Is there free. any pressure to to be? They Illinois? play no. well when they play free. They 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 just play their game when they have nothing to lose, and they did that in 2018. And Single that's what took them, does. That's what took them deep. That's what Abilene Christian did. That's what we said on the podcast. That's what we said with Oral Roberts did. When you have nothing to lose, it's very easy to get hot. It's very easy to win because you're not playing under pressure or as much scrutiny as the team you're playing against. So in this case, everyone's expecting the Ramblers to get down to the Elite Eight. Everyone's expecting them to beat Oregon State. Oh, wait, Oregon State's played two consecutive games already where they have been the under four, three consecutive games where they have been the underdog. Where they beat Oregon in the pa- or Colorado in the Pac-12 championship game, then they beat Tennessee, then they beat Oklahoma State. So Oregon State has played three straight games to this point, where they have been the underdog, and they're going to stay the underdog against a team Loyola, who everybody just loves. Everyone loves the Loyola. They're the they're the fan favorite. They're, they're the fan favorite favorite in the tournament. Everyone loves the Ramblers, and Oregon State goes and they just they won. They crushed everyone. They, everyone wanted to see Kate Cunningham going deep. Oregon State said no. Everyone wanted to see Loyola now going deep. Oregon State said no. And you might see Oregon State bust a bracket, to, uh, bust more bust more second chance brackets tonight <laughs> with uh, with a win over if they can hold on against Houston. They can make a comeback. So I just, I feel like Loyola, going back to Loyola, they just only, I feel like they only play good when the odds are against them. That's know. the same with Los made it deep into the tournament well i mean it's it's pretty once they run into a team that's just too good for them then they sort of collapse but when you're playing a team that you're not supposed to beat there's no pressure but as soon as you play a team where you're in right. favor there's it's it's tough right. because how you're you, expected to win it's you, it's the same thing it happens all the time and i don't know it's, it's the low seed always has nothing to lose, which exactly. always gives them the advantage. Right, and how do you how do you think the environment in the locker the Rambler locker room um, was? How how different do you think that environment was when they were playing Illinois and they're getting pumped up as an eight seed, trying to take down a one seed who almost everyone had like going in the finals? You had Ao Desubnu, Kofi Coburn, this big Illinois fighting Illini team that can almost be take down everybody that went on a roll in the 
Big Ten tournament that's currently on a roll going into the NCAA tournament, and they're in the lock ramp, Loyal's in the lock, locker room saying, let's make another Cinderella happen. And how do you think, how different do you think that environment was to an environment that said, all right, now we beat Illinois. Now what? Now we have to win. We have to beat the C. We have to beat o- Oregon State, who is worse than us. We're favored to beat Oregon State. Now we have to win. There's no, there's no threat. There's a lot of pressure on us having to beat the Beavers now, whereas before it was the pressure on the other team not to lose to us. And there's just a completely different locker room environment, I think, I'd assume. Yeah, now there's but, pressure. There's pressure now to win. Before there's no pressure. They're playing under. Uh, they're playing some under some kind of spark, under some kind of fire, under some kind of flame, that they're able to put together a good basketball game and make their shots under no pressure. And now they got to win to get to the elite eight. And they're playing a team that's favor. Well, they're playing a team in which they are favored to beat. And that I feel like that pressure in the in the locker room would just completely shift than when they were playing Illinois. I think that backed into a loss. They felt pressure to win. Yeah, but good teams and especially good coaches like Peter Mo or Porter Moser, who I think is one of the best coaches in college basketball and is in the running for the Indiana job. They especially in the well, tournament, Indiana you just atta- you what? Oh, they did. Indiana hired a coach. Oh, I don't Nick's know who assistant. they. Oh yeah, that's right. I did hear about that. Never mind. Uh, but he was in the running for those that job. Um, so he he is a very good coach. And uh, they just attack. I feel like they attack every game the same. You kind of have to in the tournament. You can't go into each game with a different mindset, especially in the tournament where teams are all really good and, and have uh, pretty much the same ability to play at that uh, at the same level. Obviously, there are teams better than others, like one sixteens. Right. But once you get down to the Sweet Sixteen, it's it's everyone is good, and, and you have to attack the game the exact same as the game right. before. Yeah. Well, well except except for this year, there's yeah, everyone, right. and then there there's go. Gonzaga. Yeah. Maybe, but I, f- I I do feel like the media put a lot of pressure on Loyola to win. It's not saying that the team, the Ramblers, didn't take Oregon State lightly. They def- they they took them as a serious team that could compete. They beat Tennessee, who I don't think Tennessee was a great team. They're kind of shorthanded, having not having their. Fulkerson, their center, kind of hurt that that lost Oregon State, and Oregon State handled them well. But then coming off a win against America's favorite, Cade Cunningham, and that uh, or Oklahoma State team, a big win against that team in the round thirty-two. So obviously they're not going to take Oregon State like this team won the Pac-12 championship. This team has won beating two teams that are better than them. So they're not uh, Loyola's not going to take Oregon State lightly, and neither will Oregon State due to Loyola. But I think the media put a lot of pressure on the Ramblers to win. Almost everyone picked the Ramblers. Everyone, no one had, no one picked Oregon state. So maybe it's not so much as Loyola choking, but maybe so much as Oregon state having nothing to lose and playing really good basketball. That could be another, that could be another theory. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean, right now uh, it looks like Houston should win. They're up five with the ball. Um, so we'll see. And then Baylor, Arkansas is later tonight. And then two more elite games, elite eight games tomorrow. And then we'll have final four preview on Thursday, but that's it for the tournament. Now we can head on to America's pastime is back on Wednesday is Wednesday. The first Thursday, Thursday, Thursday is the first. Oh yeah. There's 31 days in March. Thursday is opening day, September, June and November. And I feel like um, 
the Dodgers are a clear favorite. Just my opinion. I don't know if anyone else uh, has any opinions. I don't know. I might have to see it to believe it. I don't know. I don't know. I'm a I big, know. I'm a big Rockies guy this year. <sighs> the Rockies suck. Rockies. Rockies. Go Royals. Uh, the Rockies. Gonna, they're gonna. Right. They're, the Rockies are gonna <laughs> rally behind losing Arenado. His goat, the ghost of Nolan Arenado, is gonna play fantastic at third base. Win a Gold Glove. Hit 35 jacks. 300 average. Over 100 RBIs. He's gonna know. Rockies. Speaking yeah, of, the Dodgers speaking are going to put up a hundred in the first 60, 60 I think, games. I think JD <laughs> is a legit shot at two hundred RBIs this season. A legit shot. If he can do, still not on he, pace. If he can do what he did on opening day last year for one hundred and sixty-two consecutive games, easily two hundred RBIs. <laughs> easily. No, no, no. Speaking of opening day, I am locked and loaded and with scores. some new takes that'll make your jaw drop when we get to them. Speaking of opening like all day, my takes. Uh, I just got a baseball is back Chick Fil A chicken biscuit. No way! All right, I got it for free. Check. I got to check. Sorry, Brian. Bruh. It says Greater you Boston area. You know what? Oh, Brian, Chick Fil A chicken biscuits haven't treating you well, anyways. <laughs> uh, yeah. Facts. What? Let's go! Oh, oh, oh I get it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, going the, tomorrow. the Sox. They play baseball. Who do they have first? What's their first series? Baltimore. Baltimore, Tampa, Baltimore. Yeah. A lot of Baltimore in the first week of the season. Oh, by the way, Uh, P.S. Public service announcement. Who the hell let the fans vote Tampa Bay's 20 fans? You tell me. Are you kidding me? (laughs) And Milwaukee. Sox fans when Red Sox play there. There are more Red Sox fans there. What are you talking about? Tampa Bay's the ultimate fan. Oh, Oregon State's going to lose. Tampa Tampa Bay has more 65 and over than they do the rest of the population. And then Milwaukee? Since when did Milwaukee have a giant? In Milwaukee, dude. Anywhere that place is empty too. Half the time I watch a Brewers game. You ever seen that? Dude, it should be Red Sox and Cubs. And a, that should be the fan bracket: Red yeah. Sox and Cubs. Wisconsin, your neighbor's a mile and a half oh, away. Stick to the Packers. Relax. Yeah. Get up. Get off it's, the board. Yeah, that's so stupid. Unbelievable. But uh, yeah, yeah. Sox—they're going to be sneaky good. I think so. Here, I, I said rotation, this. I can't see it. I said this to Luke earlier. Um. I was Did just you? like, I, yes, you'll uh-huh. remember it when I see it, when I okay. see it. Um, I just forget how great this offense is. They're going to be, they're going to beat the league in home runs hit. It, yes. I, I don't well, forget. I forget. I, I, for, I keep forgetting and, how bad the pitching is. It's really not I, that bad. No, the I, I always, low key elite. I always, uh, I will never is good, forget. But Brian, they're probably going to have to score like they did last year. If they want bullpens, low key elite and the start I of think, rotation. If it stays healthy, I'm not, no, that's not a joke. There's a big, there's a lot of big ifs in the rotation. So I, I think the rotation, rotation, if they stay healthy, their rotation, their rotation, their rotation, the rotation. The rotation is much Perez. better than last year. Sale will be back when Think Sale comes back. If, it'll be much better. Right now it's the same. It's right now they're an rod difference from last year. If they can make a maintain it up until June, There's Richards has a great like, his yes. last two starts in, in the yeah. spring. Perez yeah, has been great all spring. Erod's been an absolute beast, and his arm seems to be fine. Um, Evaldi, well, we'll see on opening day, and I mean, he's usually you know consistent four ERA, so I'll take that. And Pavetta, who also has had a great spring, and Hauk is up there if they need a starter. Hauk's and Dries can they, go long Hauk's in the bullpen. Hauk's got to get called up by. They're they're gonna figure out soon that w- the three one of the, the, one of the, the one three of the four and five guys someone sucks. Richards Anderson and per- Richards sorry Richards Pavetta and Perez 
I think are more likely than not going to go zero and three over a three game stretch than than three and zero or two and three, mm-hmm. because I don't think any of those three are, that, are that great. So I think, I think by they... May or June, Cora's going to see really quickly how much better Erod and Evaldi are than these three guys at the back end rotation. And I think Pavetta's Hauk's going to get a call. How will get a call really... before the halfway point. He'll get a call. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if they're if they're in a spot where they can compete for the playoffs, they'll make a move for a starter. I agree. Yeah, I agree. I think so too. Um, and uh, the bullpen, I I think the oh, bullpen's yeah, really, the bullpen. really 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 good. Like, I want I want to see one time that that three foot slider from Ottavino. I want to see that pitch. I want to see that that the knees buckle. I want to see that pitch because with Ottavino, he, Whitlock is really really good. The Japanese Sourmore is good. Barnes has been consistently good in his career with Boston. And Look, consistently and goes to setup, man. I don't like him as a closer. I'm not. He's not fit. the closer. Who's our closer? Ottavino. He's gonna close. Or Whitlock. Really? Yeah. Not Barnes is not the closer. I was under the assumption that Barnes was the closer this year. I wouldn't assume. I that's just my guess. I don't see Barnes. Just because they, the they, they had him last, they had him. They team oh, last year. They weren't a baseball yeah. team, so yeah, you can't exactly. Off of last year. We can't pretend last year didn't exist. Well, yeah, but this is a trend. Come on. Yeah, follow the trends, Nick. That's follow the trends. That, that Barnes got a lot of save opportunities last year. He was things you've ever said. He was a bunch no, of. No, it's not. Uh, it's not one of stupid. It, it's it's not because I've said a lot of stupid things. So it's not Hira one of stupid Kazu things I've ever said. Samamura is good close too. Just like coach. Oh, the Japanese the, or yeah. yeah. Uh, where is he from? I could Japanese. probably name like fifteen or twenty different stupid okay. things. Well, that that's said. that was completely dumb because this is. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. They have the guy that they're putting in. They have better options this year. I, oh my God. I I guess they they do, but I mean, no, I don't I, I don't know I don't know. He will not. I just feel like Barnes will be the guy, whatever. No, I just I don't see Barnes as the guy. It's it's either it's one of Whitlock, Ottavino, or Samora. I don't think it'll be Samora yet, just because he's still adjusting. Yeah, but he has Koji like stuff, and yeah, Oregon State way to hit a point in the shot. And um, I think it's Ottavino. I don't know, just me. or Whitlock. Whitlock's a beast. Yeah. We get yeah definitely, I definitely have high hopes more than I did last year, obviously. Oh, um, the over under thing for the wins, I did take the under. Um, after good. Nat, like that pick. But in training, I do think that they'll get over. I do see them around the 85 win mark now. Right. So you're with me. You and I are just over. Just or I I pick like a win or two over the over. I forget what, what the over was. Yeah. I think the them around. Actually. Well, it was what 81 and a half. It was like 81 and a half. Yeah. I think yeah. I just so put like so 82, yeah. 83 wins. Yeah. Around 85. That's what I'm hoping for. Maybe they can sneak into that. They have a seventh uh, spot right this year. No. Yeah. Again, no. I will. Nope. Uh, nope. I will say that. How many teams so, are in the? I, I can't remember five. I, oh, I, maybe they could sneak into the fifth. I will say this though, as a Red Sox fan, and I don't know about you guys, it does feel very encouraging to me that it's going to be a tough time for the Red Sox organization to make cuts because there's a lot of competition yeah, for the minors. It is a ve- it's very encouraging for me because it shows that they're deep in the they're deep in the farm system. It shows that they got guys that can compete. Guys that can be called up there, they got replaceable guys that can be replaced easily from dudes in Pawtucket. And when someone goes down, they will have a viable replacement for that human, unless it's, you know, Bogarts, Devers, one of the very significant players in the team. But if, you know, 
Uh, give me an example. Oh, I can't really think of one off the top of my head because if Renfro goes down, they'll have a replacement. That's pretty. Yep, Duran. Yeah, they got they got someone that can, they got the step. They got the guy that can step up. That's big time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Red Sox are looking good, and we can all agree it's either going to be the Padres or the Dodgers. Most likely, the Padres out of the NL, but. The AL is getting a little more interesting. I thought it was going to be White Sox. I still am probably going to stay with that pick, but it really hurts them with Eloy out for six I months or whatever. With uh, I forget what isn't it like a hand issue, like a tricep, ah, I think tricep something. With, I don't Some know. Sep. I really know, but I, all I know is he's out for a significant amount of time. And I get there are nine players on the diamond, um, and then some subs and stuff like that, but him not being in the lineup is definitely going to hurt them. Um, I mean, they are in the AL Central, which kind of is chips, but... Minnesota's good. The rest of the division's terrible. I have the Los Angeles Angels representing the American League. It is a three-way World Series. If they can acquire three starters, because they don't have... Is this your Shohei MVP joint take right now he's in the mvp i'm not gonna say he's mvp but i he's, he's gonna win cy young because Robbie he, d he is Robbie d's a rookie of the year yeah he is <laughs> a l- electric he's yeah until he gets tommy john again yeah this is what everyone exactly. thought in 2017 coming into eight let's play under the assumption that he doesn't get hurt let's do that can we do it for one time let's say let's say shohei doesn't get hurt Let's well, say some other incident. Win. Let's say Julio Tehran gets Tommy John. If we're going to pick an angel starter, get hurt, let's say Julio Tehran gets Tommy John. As long as Shohei stays healthy, he is my pick to win the Cy Young. As long as has, Shohei stays healthy, he will not win the Cy Young. He's going to win <laughs> yeah. the Cy Young. He has the best stuff in the American League, I think. He throws 100 miles an hour. He's got a splitter that probably breaks three feet. He's got a slider that can move from east to west like it's nobody's business. And he's got a curveball. That is filthy too. He's got every pitch he throws is ridiculous, and if he can if he can stay healthy, he's going to win the signing award. That's why they're gonna. In my scenario, the Angels. It's a freeway world. It's a freeway series. Is the World Series Angels Dodgers? The Dodgers are gonna sweep them, but they're going to have the MVP and Cy Young on the same team. Not not a Shohei the MVP, but it's gonna be Trout and Shohei and Rendon are both going to finish in the top ten in MVP voting. Shohei's gonna win the Cy Young award. They're gonna be awesome this year. The Angels. I just. I just, I, they, Shohei staying healthy is going to be the key for them. There's a lot of ifs. Well, there's unfortunately, there's a lot of ifs with everything. There's a lot of ifs with everything. So with the American my, League, it's so wide open. Under my scenario, Shohei stays healthy. He wins Cy Young. He ends the season with a sub three ERA over 300 strikeouts. He plays fantastic, probably close to 20 wins. I'd say maybe over 20 wins because because he stays healthy. Because of that, he gets the bat going. He hits over 30 home runs. He provides power in the seven spots designated hitter. Mike Trout plays one of the best seasons of his career. Anthony Rendon goes back to his old self in Washington. He didn't really play great last year. Again, shortened season numbers are down, but you know per game averages are a lot were weren't as good as they were in Washington the year before he left. So where he goes back to that 2019 Washington Nationals numbers, Rendon does. And they have guys that can step up. David Fletcher, underrated second baseman. He's a great player. He can do it all. He's a he, he's a he's a four or five tool player. Is Lastella still there? Lastella's still there, playing third base or playing. Well, probably. Oh, geez, he won't play third base. First base, and he's going to be a big factor again. Tommy Lastella from the left hand side of the plate. He's a fantastic hitter. He's got a lot of pop. nope. He's on the Giants. Never he's mind. On the 
against uh, but still I'm still picking I'm I'm that doesn't Tommy Listell doesn't change my pick. Okay. It's I, I think the Angels are a great team. I think they're they're it's due for them to make a run in the playoffs this year, just because I think they are they were a starter away. And that starter was Shohei because he had he was away because he had Tommy John. So he's gonna be back. He's gonna be their ace. They're led by a subpar and a rotation, but that can improve. And like Brian said about the Red Sox, they can make moves. Shut up, oh, they could still make moves down the stretch at and the rotation like they like they like the Brian had the Red Sox doing um, at the deadline, making a, a move for a starter because teams will recognize that the Angels can compete and they're going to be buyers at the deadline. <laughs> I hope you're right. I really do. This is my crazy pick for the. I, I really do way, because I want to see Mike Trout. Series is the World Series. Mike Trout, Bellinger, Shohei. We're seeing Mike Trout, Bellinger, Shohei, Bueller, Turner, Machado, or Turner, Rendon. That's the World Series. I want to see Mike Trout in the playoffs again so bad. Angels are doing it this year. Sports Illustrated. But what you just said about Otani, people have been saying for the past four years, and he hasn't even sniffed an all star game yet. Yes, he's had some injuries, but but also when he's been in, he hasn't been extremely impressive. His first year, rookie year, had the blisters. Tommy John. Then he took last year off. So he hasn't played a full season. Okay. His rookie year, he was balling. Then he had the blisters. That showed up against the Red Sox. Remember that? He got taken out of the game. I don't Mookie remember Betts that. Hit three don't. Home, Mitch, the game, Mookie Betts hit three home runs. Yep, I remember that. He got taken out of the game. Show he did because he had blisters. That was a that, that haunted him for the remainder of the season. He didn't really pitch much that his rookie year. Didn't hit much either. Second year, Tommy John. He, hit he paid in 110 games. He won rookie of the year. Tommy John. Next year, didn't really do anything. Played 110 games, won the Rookie of the Year. That's pretty impressive. Tommy John, next year, then that 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 fall that haunted him into 2020. So now we hit 2021. I think he'll be healthy. I think he's gonna hit well. He's hit he hit really well in spring training this year. He pitched really well in spring training. Um, AL Cy Young is gonna go to Shohei. Um, I just his stuff is so good, and if he stays healthy, he puts it all together. He is a very tough nut to crack at the, on the mound. It's just. I hope you're it, right. I hope you're right. I don't you know. Hope I'm right. I you hope. hope I'm right. I mean, I don't hope I'm right. I hope Erod wins Cy Young, right? Uh, I hope well, Erod. Okay. Wins. I hope let's settle down. Erod let's settle Cy down. Let's, 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 let's come back, back to planet Earth now. So I hope I'm in, in a way. I'm hope I'm wrong, but in the real sense, I think my gamble is Shohei winning Cy Young, Trout winning MVP, Shohei Rendon Trout finish top ten in MVP voting. Uh, they acquire a starter at the deadline, and they make a deep playoff run. A's problems mainly because of injuries. They avoid the Yankees, et cetera, et cetera. Also, the AL is kind of weak. Yankees are also frauds. Yankees are teams frauds. are they're already crumbling to the ground. Are the Yankees oh, yeah. uniforms black with white stripes and they are white with black crumbling to the ground? They oh, have no so bullpen anymore. None. Awesome. They're all hurt. Luke Voigt, torn meniscus back in a month. Okay, buddy, you'll be out till mid Torn meniscus. Kevin Durant, torn Achilles, <laughs> back next week. I'll be fine. Yeah. Well, he, they, said, they said end of May, early June, all-star break. You're um, torn meniscus? <laughs> you, you know Judge is going to swing too hard and tear his oblique, and he'll be Judge is gonna Judge is going to go through that one stretch in the start of the year. Where, where he, he hits, hits like, like 11 home runs and like <laughs> he hits like 15 home runs in April. And everyone's like, all right, this guy's the MVP. It's rap. And then he goes like, then he hits like then four he hits home like a, runs combined from like May to September. He hits like four other home runs. Yeah. And he's with like 19 bombs, 170 average, 25. It just goes back to his rookie. It just goes back and to then, the year before. And then uh, he'll get hurt. He'll swing too hard. Uh, 
Stanton always finds a way to hurt something. I don't, I don't know how, but he does. And By also Sanchez, batting sub two hundred. Brian, let's go under the yeah, assumption. Gary the Sanchez is also hurt. one of the worst players in the league. What? What's one way they don't? Let's they, under they the assum- Let's go under the assumption they don't get hurt. How good are they? Not that great. Nah. When every single hitter hits two hundred. I don't think they're that good. Yeah. Other than Lemayu, like, Lemayu, because Lemayu's. <laughs> Other than DJ, if, the rest I, of the team is legit. I've never seen that man like strike they just, out. <laughs> they just hit some home runs, just because. They're huge, but LeMahieu sure won. That's the best part about the Red Sox. The top five guys in the order not only can all hit well with Mookie, but even now, like the middle three of the order are all 300 hitters and are all going to hit over 30 home runs. For the Yankees, you're they're going to hit over 30 home runs, but they're going to hit 210. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's just uh, that's that's really their ceiling season. And well, their just a, rotation is all based on guys who have all had Tommy John. Same for the Red Sox. So, I mean, same thing. But Well, is Severino, when Severino's going to have a couple months off before he comes back, he'd be like in the same boat as Sale, or is he coming Sale, back? Sale by a little day. later. I think Sale's ahead of him. I haven't heard anything about Sevy throwing, and Sale's already thrown off the mound. So Right. Then Debbie is... No, Debbie, he's not even... Debbie's the next got, Pedro. He got sent down to AAA. He didn't make Debbie's not good. Oh, yeah, he did. Um, I heard about that. They got he that dude, Loaziga, who's not that good either. Loaziga, he's in the bullpen. Loaziga. Um, Cole, is, Cole is fine. Tayon has had, like, two Tommy Johns. Kluber has, hasn't pitched in Kluber two years. Kluber had Tommy John. Um, Jonathan, Mon- or what's his name? Montgomery? Montgomery. J- uh, J- Jacob? Jason? No, Jason? James. I don't know. Da- I don't know. James I said Montgomery. David Montgomery. Jimothy? James. Yes, we know James. Montgomery. Montgomery, he's terrible. He's James Montgomery, I think. He's Lee Pomerantz. He's the same person. Jordan. Jordan. Jordan Montgomery. Yep, that's it. He's Pomerantz, so he sucks. And then their fifth is like... No, he's Alex Wood. That's what he pitches like. He pitches like Pomerantz. High leg kick, tall guy. Pomerantz. Freaking yeah, You forgot the sucks part. Yeah, well, they're they're not good. Wow, the Celtics are on 16. Nice. Um, Yeah. Well, yeah, down I don't 13, think they're that no. good. And not only are they already crumbling, so are the Blue Jays. So really? that's a great thing. What happened to the Blue Herbie Jays? Herbie done for the year. Um, <laughs> Springer is out for, I think, a month, if not more. Um, <laughs> uh, got that much money <laughs> for the year. Uh, Robbie, Robbie Rice. One of their starters fell down a case of stairs and like, Oh, it was someone Ryu? Has, nice. No, no, I think it might oh, be Robbie Ray. Robbie Ray like fell down the stairs and has bone chips in his throwing elbow. <laughs> oh, so, so like he like Dustin Johnson, the Masters. Yeah, they're they're also crumbling to the ground. So life is fell downstairs. American had to the miss American the Masters. East. Wow. And then the Rays will find ways to win games, except their rotation uh, is made up of very washed up. Oh, the Rays will find ways games. They don't have High and Bloom anymore, and they can't win any games. They did they really last year. <laughs> Not well. Last year they kind of they also got. They also lost their two of their top three starters. Yeah, so that's that's definitely. They have to rely yeah, on tough. Rich Hill and Chris Arthur, who <laughs> yeah. really has like an ADRA. So yeah, I think the, I, Archer, I, the if, one if we just stay healthy and rake, and the pitchers don't suck, which I don't think they will. I, I really don't. I what think you're saying fine. is realistic. What you are saying is re- there. There's a fine line between. Bull crap, unrealistic, and realistic. And you can add a lot of ifs into both, but what you're saying is realistic. That is, there's a chance that ha- the, the pitchers can legitimately turn around. They can, leg- they can get hot. We've seen that with pitchers in, the, in, in Major League Baseball. They can get hot. All it takes is one start, and then they're feeling their stuff. All it takes is one opponent, and they're feeling their stuff. So I agree with Brian. The pitchers can get hot. It's much more... 
it's easier to find if it's easier to solve if ends and butts in the pitching rotation than it is in the hitting. But in baseball, it's just because the season's so long, you know, you kind of take care that that all, all the ifs are are very doable because the season's so NFL's different, right? You throw a lot of ifs, ands, or buts. The season's 16 games or now 17. So it's, you know, it's there's a lot, there's a big margin for error, or there's no margin for error. And MLB is a big margin for error because the season's so long. So, Brian, I agree with you. What you're saying is completely realistic. It's not. It's not I'm, really, I'm really excited. He's not. He's not. <laughs> not only. Not he's only not being leave. a optimistic Red Sox fan before opening day because they're pumped up about opening day. He he's not being that. We were kind of doing that last year, but not this year. Oh well, last year I said they're either going to be 42 and 18 or 18 and 42. It was one of the two because yeah. you really had no idea they were either going to be just good. Or they yeah. were going to be really bad, and they were really bad. And then the 100 RBIs in the 60 oh, games yeah, yeah. came you know, up. They went open day 13 to two. Life is great, and you know. okay, it's been a year since that happened. So now we can just drop that. Yeah, we will. But um, uh, drop the I kind of was I saying? It's been a year since this happened. Uh, I forgot I kinda, what I was going to say. Not been a year. I don't know. Yet. I just think oh, go socks. Yes. They uh, go they Sox. led spring training in runs scored by like a lot, and they've hit the most home runs. So nice. Is that a product of them just starting their starters more? Or? Um, I don't know. They're good. It is spring training, but I mean, no. I don't. Because like, I know so. some teams just don't even start their starters. They don't. They even do. Care. They do. They don't. They don't do. I feel like that. I don't know. I don't. I don't follow. They didn't follow spring training mainly because every time I tried to watch a Red Sox game, it was just like new Charlie Moore outdoors on Nesson instead. Like it's ridiculous. <laughs> so it's been in WE and I'm trying to listen to the game on the radio. No, can which the, you can listen to Ord, Ordway, Merloni and Fourier instead. So it's, it's very frustrating. I'm trying to follow Red Sox. They're on TV training. tomorrow. They were today. Um, man, they were yesterday and the day before, but, um, look at that. Anyways, because there's yeah. madness on TV. Baseball is on Thursday. Go Sox. Andrew, Go do you have a Sox. stat for us? Um, I, here, let me just, let me just pull it up real quick. All right. Here is the statistics slash fact of the day. Uh, the Steelers first season, uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers played their first season, um, in 1933. And then they did not score a single point in the post till 1972. Wow. That is if my math is correct, 39 years of scoring. Yeah, of not scoring in the postseason. Or just incredible. not making it in, in general. Well, yeah, but they had to make them. Yeah, nice. Thanks for the stat, Andrew. Um, I want to start off final thoughts. Uh, welcome to Boston Evan Fournier. 27 minutes, minus 23 on the court, and zero total points. Good job, Brad. and Or no, good job, Danny. Nice find. Yeah, that nice was one. awesome. <laughs> That's really, my final I was really thought. Uh, excited about that. Yeah, my, I, minus I 23. He'll be, he'll be fine. He, he will be fine, but that's that's not a way you wanted to start no. your career with your second ever team in the NBA yeah. is a, I mean, a 27 his, minute minus 23 zero points. Yeah. His his the closest he got to a bucket was uh the half the end of the first quarter. Yeah. It hit back iron just yeah. like all of his other shots. Anyways, other final thoughts. Go Pats. Go, yeah, Pats. go Pats. Go Sox. Go Pats. Go Sox. Nah, go um, Sox. Go Pats. Uh, what was I going to say? Um, screw everybody that says that Katie is soft for the Nets get bears. Um, I just hate that whole thing. Um, first off, it's not Katie's fault. Second off, 
Um, Katie was right when he said he'll never do anything without help because nobody ever has. So, yeah. Yeah. That's what LeBron I got All right. That is it. Thank you guys for listening. LeBron we will go with uh, big shots. Other okay. We don't have to get into it now. We are done. Thank you guys for listening. Go follow us on Instagram and Twitter at the big four underscore podcast. And we will see you on Thursday. Peace.